Hello there. I hope you had a good week. So welcome to the new listeners and welcome back if you have been here before. Our first story this week is going to discuss how Nestle now has plans to replace sugar in some of their chocolates with pulp from the cocoa fruit. Among other stories, we'll also discuss the ongoing disputes between Somalia and Kenya, which is related to land barriers. We'll discuss a treaty printed school and we will also discuss the worst driver in the history of Poland. I'm your host, Yemi, and every week I bring you overlooked stories from all around the world. As you will see from this episode and the previous ones, the stories include the good, the bad, and sometimes the weird. With that said, let's get right into the stories for this week. Nestle is now recycling the cocoa fruit pulp to replace sugar in its chocolate products rather than throwing the pulp away. According to Nestle, the pulp can be used to reduce sugar and cut food waste. It also has the potential to boost the income of cocoa farmers by 20 to 40% if they sell the pulp in addition to the beans. Nestle is launching Incoa, which is a new product with no additional sugar in supermarkets in France and the Netherlands, with other European markets to follow. Nestle Inqua is going to be a 70% dark chocolate bar that is marketed under the Le Recits de Atelier brand that is made entirely with the cocoa fruits. The company has said that it's going to source the raw material for the cocoa farms in Brazil, but it also is working with partners in West Africa to see if pulp production could work there. Nestle is not the only company moving towards sustainable sweets. Linton's Burgelli and Germany's Rita Sports have also launched limited editions of Cocoa Fruits chocolates, which sold out pretty quickly. Both companies have said that they plan to launch the products on a much larger scale once there is enough Cocoa Fruit available. The Upcycled Food Association has said that commercializing Cocoa Fruit worldwide could actually reduce greenhouse gas emissions by more than 20 million tons every single year. In addition, commodity specialist Ted George has said that extracting additional value from the crop could boost West Africa's cocoa sector because the current incentives were only focused on growing and selling more beans. He also added that while the launch of cocoa fruit could fuel investment and drive change in cocoa-producing communities, it did not address fundamental issues like child labor and deforestation, which are problems that have been raised in the sector. There is an ongoing maritime boundary dispute between Kenya and Somalia. The dispute centers on the 100,000 square kilometer maritime boundary that is between the two Horn of Africa neighbors. The disputed region is approximately the size of Iceland. Somalia and Kenya share a land boundary southeast of the Indian Ocean and are both entitled to 200 nautical miles of exclusive economic zone, which extends from their coastline into the sea according to the UN Convention on the Law of the Sea in 1982. If you're having difficulty visualizing what it looks like, just go to our Instagram page, which is Tunica Media's Instagram, and on there, there's a picture that has been sourced from Al Jazeera that essentially shows a representation on the map of what is being disputed. So back to the story. The case was filed in 2014 by Somalia at the International Court of Justice, which is the United Nations highest court for disputes between states. 
in 2019, Somalia presented new coordinates to the UN, which essentially suggested that it was now entitled to 350 nautical miles above the 200. Kenya then also submitted claims that its shelf or its boundary lies 350 nautical miles from the coastline. So what both countries are doing is claiming that they had an additional 150 nautical miles above the 200 that had been signed in the UN Convention on the Law of the Sea in 1982. So what that means is that if Somalia succeeds in extending its boundaries as it's trying to do, the maritime entitlements for both countries are going to start to overlap. So the area that is being disputed is supposed to be rich in a lot of oil and gas deposits, which research has shown has the potential for up to 4 million barrels per day of oil and gas. This is potentially life-changing for any country that is awarded that disputed land. Somalia now wants the International Court of Justice to determine the precise geographical coordinates of the single maritime boundary Kenya refused to participate in the hearings last week and did not show up to present arguments. However, the court decided to go ahead with hearing Somalia's case and used written evidence provided by Kenya instead. If the International Court of Justice rules in favor of either Somalia or Kenya, some specialists actually expect that there is potential for conflict to happen, particularly with communities that lie on the bank of the disputed region. 3D printed houses are becoming more and more popular. There have been hive-shaped 3D houses in Italy, floating 3D houses in China, and traditionally designed houses in New York. Now, the world's first 3D printed school is being built in Madagascar on the campus of a university in Fianarantosa, a city in the south-central area of the island nation. The project is a collaboration between San Francisco-based architecture firm Studio Montavzavi and another organization called Thinking Hots. Thinking Hots is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to increase global access to education through 3D printing. Because of its comparatively low cost of production and quick turnaround time when compared to traditional construction methods, 3D printing has been praised as a possible solution to housing shortages and as a tool to aid in disaster relief all across the world. The school's design is going to be modular in a way that looks kind of like a honeycomb where as few or as many nodes as needed are added and can be linked together. Each node will consist of a room with two bathrooms, a closet, and a front and rear entrance. They expect the school to be constructed later in 2021. For the first time in the United Kingdom, Roma is being included in the list of ethnic minorities in the 2021 census. The term Roma is commonly used throughout Europe to describe a variety of historical iterant communities with distinct languages, cultures, and religions. The UK census itself takes place every 10 years. Marius Daniel Barncaro, who is a tireless campaigner and project advocate for the Roma support group, has now welcomed this new update as an opportunity for the estimated 200,000 strong population. According to Al Jazeera, in the UK and across Europe, the Roma group are among the most marginalized ethnic minority communities. In the UK, policymakers and researchers have typically drawn distinctions between these diverse minority groups using three umbrella terms, Gypsy, Roma, and Traveler, or GRT for short. In this context, 
the Roma are considered to be those who, while having ancestry stretching back to the Indian subcontinent, migrated to the UK much more recently from Eastern and Central European countries from 1990 onwards. In 2011, when the last census happened, the census recognized gypsies and travelers for the first time. The hope is that this inclusion will provide a chance for representation and additional government supports going forward. Campaigners who are in favor of the addition suggest that widening the census categories could help call attention to the overarching issues that the GRT community faces in addition to the unique and pressing needs of each community that is grouped under the general GRT banner. A 50-year-old Polish man has been trying, trying to get his driving license for the past 17 years. He has failed at every single theory exam that he has ever taken. The man's name has not been shared. To obtain a driver's license in Poland, candidates must first pass a theory exam before being allowed to take a practical exam. And this is very similar to how it happens even here in Canada. There is no limit on the number of times someone is able to take this exam. The pass rate usually ranges from 50 to 60% for the theory test, while it is generally below 40% for the practical. Up until this date, the man has attempted to pass the test 192 times, the highest number of repetitions ever recorded in the country. This means that he has spent more than 6,000 zloty or 1,550 US dollars on exam fees. I feel so bad for him though. Believe it or not, he is not the worst student driver recorded in the world. The worst recorded is a driver from South Korea, a woman who managed to fail, get this, 950 times. News of his case across Poland has raised concerns and discussions around putting a cap on the number of times a person should be allowed to take a driving test. Anyway, what do you think? Do you feel bad for him? <sighs> I, feel, I feel bad for him. 17 years is a long, long time. Essentially, the person that was born when he first started taking the test would be eligible for a learner's permit now. Man, that's hard. That's pretty hard. All right, up to the next story. To wrap up this episode, I will just say this. Do not disregard yard sales. It may be your route to riches. The Sotheby's auction house in New York has said that a 15th century Chinese bowl that was bought for, guess what, $35 at a yard sale was auctioned off for $721,800. Yep, you heard that right, $721,800. It was bought for $35. The bowl was sold as part of the auction house's Asia Week. The exceptionally rare porcelain bowl was identified as a lotus bowl from the court of the Yongle Emperor, who ruled from the year 1403 until 1424. Sotheby's said that only six other lotus bowls from the same period are still known to exist. So yeah, treasures in all sorts of places. Anyway, that was awesome. And I can't lie, I'm definitely a little envious. 
Spring has sprung over here, so do not forget to step out and go into the sunshine. With that, have yourself a good, good week. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to tune in every week for a new episode. Overlooked is a Tunica Media production, which also includes shows like Africa in My Kitchen, with more on the way. So follow Tunica Media on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to be in the loop. Until next time, have yourself a great week ahead.